to another episode of Two Girls and a Few Thoughts. Let's get into it. Today we are super excited. We have a guest, Hazel Francis. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Hazel Francis, and I'm happy to be joining you girls today. And I'm also happy to be part of the Bank Street College of Education cohort reading for a master's degree in the General Education Standing Program. I'm currently a group teacher at the Susan B. Wagner Day School in the Bronx, and I am particularly interested in working with and helping children from culturally and ethnically diverse backgrounds in schools where they are minorities. Chinamanda Ngozi Adichie talks about the dangers of a single story and how we educate children. And I want to change that view and instead look at the holistic child as they enter the learning environment. My culminating project allows me to reflect on my own practices while refer- researching for this study and allows me to incorporate these best practices in my work as I share my experiences using culturally responsive classroom tools. I will focus on the theme tools for creating a culturally responsive learning environment. What would you say is your role as an educator in utilizing these culturally responsive tools? My role is to provide positive guidance and to impact the lives of children and their families. Additionally, there is great responsibility to change and modify instruction and curriculum to meet the needs of students. As educators, I strongly believe We are key facilitators in fostering culturally responsive classroom environments to promote students' confidence and academic success. What does a culturally responsive learning environment look like? A culturally responsive learning environment is one that is equitable, where every student's culture, language, and life experiences are acknowledged, validated, and celebrated, and are reflected in the curriculum and instructional methods. This means that educators must use rich culture and experiences of the students to structure classrooms and intentionally infuse them into their teaching style to better meet the needs of each student. A good starting point is getting to know the student individually by name, especially since names have symbolic significance in some cultures. For example, in Robert Lake's An Indian Father's Plea, Windwolf's teacher abbreviated his name and was quick to label him as a slow learner. The father wrote a letter explaining why Windwolf was not. In fact, he was quite the opposite. So as educators, I encourage us to learn to correctly pronounce the name of our students because it honors the child's cultural heritage and shows respect. My fellow educators, when setting up a culturally responsive learning environment, use a variety of visual aids and props. Make it a print-rich environment, inclusive of relatable languages and pictures that reflect 
a variety of races and cultures as children fully explore this warm and inviting learning space, your students, our students will feel a sense of belonging. They will see themselves and their backgrounds reflected in a positive manner. For example, including books from authors of different races. Moreover, it will be important for educators to deepen connections with families and collaborate to provide culturally responsive learning experiences. Wow, that's incredible. You've spoken a bit about the family connection, which we all know is an important element that greatly impacts the cultural perspective of educators when working with children from diverse backgrounds. How have you used these culturally responsive tools to collaborate with families during your time at Bank Street? From my collection of artifacts, I have two notable artifacts I'd like to speak about. Artifact one is a collage of pictures showing a parent holding a multicultural book in a dual language, and she's reading to the kids. There's another scene with parents and children engaging in dance. And in the collage final frame, parents and children are making cookies together. It was an exciting time for everyone, the children and the volunteer parents. My final artifact speaks to the musical heritage of the students. My students had the opportunity to learn to play different musical instruments from different cultures around the world. If you listen closely, you can hear a clip of this session. There are a variety of instruments that are being played, like the kalimba, the cowbell, tambourine. As the children played the instruments, we learned about the origins of the music. I love that the children collaborated collectively to create this music on the spot. Wow, that's amazing. As educators, let us remember that each student brings their interests and strengths into our classrooms. And how do we celebrate these diverse experiences? My project has proved that when culturally responsive learning environments celebrate students' culture, languages, and life experiences, they can make connections with their heritage and feel part and feel comfortable in, in, in an inviting learning environment. I have thoroughly enjoyed creating and packaging this podcast for, for my culminating project. I hope you found my presentation to be positive and you can implement some of these tools for creating a culturally responsive learning environment. I look forward to talking with you all soon again and wish you all the best in your teaching endeavors. And thank you girls for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest and thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Two Girls. And a few thoughts.